0: Bob Sutcliffe is the Head of Planning and Communication at the Lake District
1: National Park Authority.
0: Here, he explains the national park strategy for branding and interpretation.
1: So if people want to understand the basic idea of a national park, then we'll say the Lake District is one of the UK's 14 national parks, It is one of Britain's breathing spaces. Then when we look more specifically to this national park, we have our own brand wording attached to it, which is about thinking deeper. We want people to really come here and think deeper because it's one of the most complex national parks in the country because it has all the issues that you could possibly think of in, in quite a small space, which is around balance and the balance between tourism and conservation. People living in the national park versus visitors, development versus management, all those issues are complex and challenging. And then, because we've realised that we can communicate with different audiences through interpretation rather than sort of direct, sort of sending newsletters and all that sort of thing, we can actually do things in more subtle, subtle ways with learning. A little bit more or reinvigorating that sort of element of our work we're actually just moving to purple as our new colour range so new the colour that we will be using and also we're wearing in the logo and matching into that would be purple and that sort of fits it's quite a modern sort of fresher lot because we don't want everybody to sort of think oh sort of old-fashioned going to national park Everything's preserved in sort of a traditional way. It's quite, it should be there for life. So it is, you know, for future life and modern sort of interpretations, but it's still got to fit in with the natural appearance of the landscape. So the colour purple for us has quite sort of some modern connotation rather than green or brown. And it looks quite good against the sky and matches quite well in, in that way.
0: Now, Bob Sutcliffe comments on a variety of different styles of interpretation, which he finds in different parts of the National Park. First, he describes a sign that marks a public footpath. The wood has weathered with age and is covered with lichen, which is all part of
1: its appeal. Right, here we are at Lufferig Tarn. Absolutely wonderful uh, landscape uh, around the tarn, a wonderful footpath, um walk for all abilities. And this sign is something that blends into the landscape if you look at all the different colors of lichen um have grown on the wood um the wood will have been uh, preserved it'll be in a a, a local hardwood and it's been there probably for a good 20 years i would have thought that a sign um, we avoid replacing them even if someone might come along and think crikey, that needs a good good scrub it's absolutely perfect for doing its job but we also have a responsibility to try and or desire to make sure that a lot of the signage doesn't affect the quality of the view uh, and the experience so people don't want to you know be coming across ballads saying you know with a yellow post you note know, on here and a blue on here and make it too sort of, some people use the word urbanised with that sort of oversigned signed um, environment, but um, we try and get the balance right.
0: At High Dam near Finswaite at the southern end of Lake Windermere, there are four different styles of signposting in a very small area. First, there's a large rectangular information panel that's made of metal with a clear plastic covering. It shows a map and some notes about the local area.
1: Right, when you arrive at High Dam, uh, in the main car park, there are different signs taking you in different routes around the place, but at the main point where you would go up to the dam areas, which is the most attractive place to be, uh, there is this more modern sign, lower maintenance, because it's made out of metal, and using the blue colour, it's got a nice bit of information just to sort of explain to people what they might see in the area, um, some pictures of, of animals, uh, wildlife there, you know the you are here symbol is always important. People do lose um, their orientation very quickly when they arrive at a car park and then the Countryside Rights Away Act which allowed people greater access and that's really important people understand how, what that means and how that allows them to, to walk off a footpath. But as you can see, probably if I looked at that, I think that's quite a lot of words to read on my trip out. Probably shut off after a halfway there. I, I might actually go back to the office and uh, suggest that we cut that down a little bit. <laughs> I was talking to our countryside head of service um, for Countryside Services um, recently about um, the combination of interpretation boards or signs with a message that could be just carved onto the kissing gate as you walk through so a very subtle message sort of so that people aren't required to stop and read or sort of look at a load of information on a board so when you walk through a gate you might go a little poem or a little fact you know like say did you know the same number of people visit the national park that actually live in new york city so oh my principle is that if you could get everybody to learn one new thing every day, then that's fantastic.
0: Set in amongst the trees just below the information panel at High Dam is a piece of interpretation which uses its shape as well as its words to convey a message.
1: This is a wonderful example of an interpretive sign that it takes the form of a sculpture It comes around to about your your hip so you can have a good look at it, peer over it. It's actually a sculpture of the landscape um, in miniature set upon a large, oversized wooden bobbin made of oak. It's 3D, it's got this wonderful metal block which serves as an interpretive map in many ways. You can feel yourself. Uh, around the high dam, you can see how far you 'd have to climb up to get to it, and in fact, the dam itself and the rivers that come from the dam can fill with water on a rainy day, so actually, it fills and shows the water running through the landscape it 's got a significant historical context associated with the sculpture, so around the edge of the of the sculpture, it describes a process. That would have gone on hundreds of years ago um, through uh, a form of poem. So I'll read that out. It says These are the trees that, cut by men, will sprout again to feed stock's mill, to make the bobbins, to earn the pay that feed the folk of Finswaite. weight. This is the water that turns the wheel, that spins the lathe, that shapes the wood, to make the bobbin, to wind the thread. That will have wealth of Lancashire and that sort of shows how the water and the trees come together around High Dam to provide all the resources that were needed to keep stocked bobbin mill going uh, which is just down the road from High Dam.
0: Within sight of the bobbin are two different signs very close to each other. They show two contrasting ways of conveying information and may reach out to different groups of people. Bob Sutcliffe focuses on the older of the two. It's a wooden notice board with a small roof over it to
1: protect it from the weather. This is an example of a much older sign at High Dam. High Dam is owned by the National Park and does have quite a lot of interest from local people and it's very popular. So the the new sign that provides more information um, and interpretation um, still exists alongside this older sign which is a bit like the old sort of village sign that says what's going on and it allows the ranger just to give a little bit of information the roof bit is um, it always reminds me a bit of a wishing well um, but it's actually very good it does protect it from the elements and it's got a really nice sort of um, community sort of spirit to it and any, and any of our volunteers can also put information up there as well it means that it's changing a bit more um, flexible, I suppose, as as a way of interpretive, providing interpretive material. It's something that I quite, I think, has, has got a place for, place in the National Park, actually. Finally, Bob Sutcliffe turns his attention to what's
0: perhaps one of the most iconic pieces of interpretation in the Lake District. The simple way-marking posts that provide directions to walkers. These are marked with coloured arrows to indicate different routes.
1: Well, here we are Um, looking at one of our classic uh, because it's like finger posts we call them um, and you put on as much information uh, to these finger posts as possible without distracting um, the, the person who's trying to read it keep it keep it as simple as possible so obviously the yellow points the official footpath way, but it may be quite difficult and often um, especially in terms of improving access for all abilities there may be an alternative route that's been agreed with the landowner that's called a permissible permissible footpath so in in this case going up to high dam it's quite a steep climb so the yellow route is your classic footpath very steep some slippy elements to it so as part of the development of access into that area which in fact is area owned by the national park authority itself um, we would have negotiated a new footpath around the side on a lighter gradient so the white marking means that you could get round with a pram from the
0: open university for more information go to www.open.ac.uk/use